Welcome to the Yeshiva Shalmaila. This is David Lichtenstein. This week's shir will be about dating and then marriage. What are we going to speak about dating? Older siblings and younger siblings. All the time this comes up. You have an older sister, an older brother. They have a younger sister, and the older one is taking their time a little bit for whatever the reasons may be. Well, is it a halacha? Is it a minig? Or is it nothing? You'll be surprised. It seems right, Moshe holds it's nothing. Others disagree. How much sensitivity do we have to have? What about the same name? In certain cries, and it's a whole thing. Oh, if the mother-in-law is the same name as the sister-in-law, as the father-in-law, the uh, the son-in-law, as the, et cetera. It's a whole tumult. How much do we have to be on that? And we're going to be speaking about Chabad. Let's face it. You know, every family has a Chayim Ashki and a Menachem Mendel, right? Probably a Levi Yitzchak too. What do they do if they're Makbed on this? Or in Satma, with Yailis, what do you do? We're going to be speaking about halachically marrying for dollars. The Goyen says it's absolutely asa. Well, if it's asa, many people follow the shitas agro, the brisk, etc. Are they makbar on this or not? What about it says yivdeik bachel? If you want to know if a girl is good yivdeik bachel, what happens if there's a sibling who's off the derech? Sadly, many families have siblings that are off the derech. Would yivdeik bachel mean you should not go out with that girl? According to those who say yivdeik bachel goes for the boy too, it would be the same shaila. Okay, you have this fabulous boy or fabulous girl that comes from the house of a, a Balchuva. There's a dinner b'nei needed, a Gemara talks about it in a very pejorative manner, as does the Shulchan Aruch. Are we makbid on that? We're going to have to speak about health in the family. What do you or what don't you have to disclose? We're going to have from Lakewood, Herb Yaakov Berman. He's a renowned Rav. He's Rav of Kalbais Tefillah. He's also the Hav Bezdin of the Gitten Bezdin. Paisik, a very thoughtful, um, answers a lot of these Shilas. He's going to talk about the Halacha part. And it's interesting, you know, the Yeshiva Shesprach, uh, um, uh, at least when I was going out, so you don't ask, is there support, is there moment? You ask, is there a matzav of learning? We're going to have two experts in dating. We're going to have Mrs. Bella Beer, a dating coach. Fascinating interview. So in that case, it was a rub that she went to that she was recommended from her friends to go to. And what did the rub um, say? You're getting engaged, it'll be fine. That was probably the worst dating advice. And, and the reason it was the worst dating advice was because he didn't know her from a hole in the wall until she went to him. And he never even asked to meet the boy or to see them together or asked her any pertinent questions about her relationship. He spent two minutes with her. And from the Syrian community, the Syrian expert, an expert really from you know, hundreds of thousands of people have listened to Shurim, Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohn, who's actually born in Cairo, if you can believe that. He's a surgeon who dedicated most of his life to learning in Harbatah Satira, has given many, many Shurim, you could find him on YouTube, etc., articles, speak about dating and how to address many of these Shilas. I have a woman who's an auditor, some girl, who came out of a miserable marriage. I don't blame her. And she said, and she's good looking, attractive, presents well, put together. And now she's in, in the game for two years. And she says she's shocked. She thought the world would be waiting for her. Open arms. Not, it's been such a sad situation for her. Here's an interesting call we got this week. Hi, uh, you were asking the Hasidic Shafelogist regarding the show about Hassan uh, Kala, about uh, the Rebbe's holding goggles with the Kala. I mean, why didn't you bring up the pro- uh, the, uh, the real problem of Hus and Kala holding hands and dancing together? I mean, that's a problem. You know, Sean, if you in front of people and they'll tell you, oh, well, just for the family or whatever, which really doesn't make sense. It's a tosser, it's a tosser. 
So if any of our listeners could respond, you know, the, the Shulchan Aruch and Ebenezer says very clearly, we're not supposed to show Chiba Barabim, you know, a mitzvah tans. I missed this one. I haven't been by a mitzvah tans in, in, I think, in decades since one of my siblings got married. And um, how do they dance together, holding hands? I wasn't aware of it. I would have asked the Rabbanim, Chassan and Kala, what do you do with the Shulchan Aruch Ebenezer? And even if you're going to say it's not Barabim, because it's, it's, it's the siblings, well, it's the siblings. Achais Ishtai is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, is one of the Arias. It's, you know, it's the Chassan's and the Kalas side they're watching, so certainly has a dinner of Arias like I be them. Here's a letter I got. One of the members of our board uh, was I got a serum against him by Rabbi Belsky's Bezdin. How concerned should we be about this? They wrote to me because I'm, you know, they know I've done many programs about Botedinim. And the answer is, I'll tell you a story. A guy came to my door collecting a number of years ago. I said, I mean, yeah, who are you? He says, I'm the Shin of Arav. So I looked at him. I said, you know, wow, the Shin of Arav, for you who don't know, was the oldest son of the Divrechayim, the sons of He died 150 years ago. And I said to him, I said, I thought the Shin of Arav died, you know, most 150. 50 years ago in the 1800s. He said, no, no, I'm an anical, but I'm the Shin of Arav. So he said, you know, Reb David. So I said, don't call me, please don't call me Reb David. He said, what should I call you? He said, call me the Shach. He says, the Shach? I said, yeah, Reb Shach, the Shach and Shulchan Aruch. I said, he was my Zayda. It's true, he lived 350 years ago, but I'm a Zaynical. I would like to be referred to as the Shach which is obviously absurd, as is the Shin of Arav is absurd. So today, anybody who wants can go ahead, go to the printing press, print the fancy label, Rabbi Belsky's Bezden, you can make the Rabbi Kanyevsky's Bezden, hang it on the door of your house, and you, Mazel Tov, you are now empowered to call, and when I say everybody, I mean literally every person listening, I'm a supik, even if the women maybe could do it, because it's, uh, since it's halachically means nothing, they could maybe do it too. But okay, let's say not, but all the men listening, the high schoolers and the and the Yungalite, go and print out a Bezden with your name and say, you call your I can give you if you want. We could brainstorm together to come up with some fancy names. Or Moshe's best, and you could call it if you want. And hang it on your door, and and be empowered to give Hasmanis and siruvim. And what does siruvim mean? That you could send out the siruv, charge it's five hundred dollars for a siruv, and it's all. There's no licensing involved. Nobody has to, you know, pine on these but they din. It's it's it, in other words, it's easier to open up a bezdin than it is to open up a barbershop. And the answer is all these but they din unless they're a reputable bezdin. It's it's ashiyatsapapia. It's meaningless. You can take these things and, you know, use them for, uh, you know, whatever you would use paper, you know, spare paper for the coloring paper, for cutting paper. If it's coming from a reputable Besden, one of the known Bati Dinim, the Machol Leiro, the Besden of America, etc. But anybody otherwise can just print up a paper and become a Besden. And what do these do? They be- and they become, in effect, it becomes a, a Besden of terrorism because once you get a serum, it's easy to go to the print again, print out a thousand of them, hang them up all over town. So the answer is, unless it's a reputable Besden, these are meaningless pieces of paper. Before we go to our guests, if you have a particularly interesting question, in the beginning of every program, we like to go through one or two voicemails or a letter we get, etc. Before we go to our guests, I'd like to say a vart on the Parsha. I was struggling, which I do now and then, with, you know, I was in a bad mood. I don't know if you ever get into bad moods, but they, you know, a lot of times they haunt me. And it got very, I got very upset at myself. I said, you know, there's so much blessing in the world we live in. What right does anybody have to be in a bad mood? There's no generation that's been as blessed as this generation. Just health care that we have. I mean, you know, most of your great-grandparents weren't alive at your age, right? I mean, from the strep throat they died. And the amount of food that we have. Our grandparents, my grandfather came to America from Eretz Yisrael because there was a starvation in Eretz Yisrael. In the early 1900s, people were dying of starvation. Like I said, Rav Cook's first rabbit's in that Darius' daughter died of starvation. 
So uh, we have food in Baruch Hashem, Parnassa, and there's freedom of speech, and they, they don't make Eden Saurus, and every people own their homes, and so much blessing. How could people be upset? What right do we have to be in a bad mood, etc.? And then I saw from the Yachorinim, you know, on Makas Chayshech, this week's Parsha, so it's a couple from the Gra, that Chayshech was not darkness. Something astounding. The Goyen, from they sail from the Goyen, and there's rise, but I don't want to take the time to go into it. Chayshech was really the Oyer Hagonas. A great light came, and the light was so big, if you can't be Makabal the Oyer, it's like Chayshech to you. So by the Yidin, the Pshat is, for them there was no darkness. They actually saw the light, they were able to Mishtamish with Oyer Hagonas, but to the Mitzram was a darkness. And I've seen this Goyen, and I never understood it. What does that mean to us? And then I realized, you ever go, you know, you say, where are you learning? I'm learning in Lakewood. How many Bachram are you? 5,000 or in Mir. Do you have any friends? No, you know, there's no, there's nobody here. Well, you live in an apartment building. There's 100 apartments in your building or 50 or whatever it is. And people in New York City, I have no friends. There's, there's too many, no. Or, you know, a boy says, I was read 500 Shaduchim came in. I just came back from Eretz Yisrael. There's nobody to go out with. Or, you know, you go to the store and there's like 50 sushi. And you say, I can't fuck. There's Uzois Yispal Kolchasid Leis. Messiah the Pasik says, Lashetif Mayim Rabim Elav Leyagiyu. You know what? It's better to have a little than a lot. You know, when you grew up in a, in your little town and there was two jobs, you could become a Malamid or you could become a farmer, you do. Then you come to New York and people graduate. They say, I, I don't know which 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 of the hundred different professions do I go into. It's just overwhelming. People come out of school. Which, what do I do? It's it's, it's too much. Too many shidduchim. Too much food. I went to the store. There was, there was you know, there's, there's, there's a thousand items of food. Where do you start? Right? Too many neighbors. Where do I start? So the answer is, too much light could be a curse too. I think astounding, the guy says. The curse of Chayshech was too much light. Too much blessing. What's the what's the Yetzer? Somehow we have to be mitzamtzim. We have to, there's so much blessing. I'm only going to look at, a, I'm going to take a little bite of the blessing. Yeah, I'm just going to knock on the one neighbor's thing. I'm going to ignore the other 62 floors of people. Or the boy next to me and not the other 400 benches. Or the first five Shaduchim that came in and I'm not going to look at the next 250 because that's already Chayshech. It's just too much. So if you ever sometimes are suffering from a mood and you're saying, what right do I have when we're in a light? Or by shown this generation is the most blessed generation from the beginning of time. The answer is, you know what? Sometimes too much blessing could be a curse too. And what's our Nisayan? How do we put on a pair of sunglasses and let a little less iron, a little less blessing? Oh, it was a very interesting machshava. Let's go to our riddle of the week. Here's a fantastic Shailah. So Rashi says, Why did he bring Chayshech? Because there were many Jews by Seder that were a shame, that were evil. They didn't want to leave. They died. There were Jews who wanted to stay. And they were a shame. So Rabbi Nishom said, you know what, I don't want to make a Chil Hashem. They'll die, they'll disappear, and that's it. The Jews will go out, but these Jews won't go out. And Mesu Afela. The question is, who's the poster child for the bad guys in the Midbar? Well, Das and Vaviram just keep showing up again and again and again. These were real troublemakers, right? So the Gemara says, and the Gemara says about Das and Vaviram, the Gemara and Megillah Yad Aleph. They were Rishon from the beginning to till the end. And Targum Yerinesim bin Zeal says, and the Pasuk, Pari said to Dasen Vaviram, 
that they wanted to stay in, the ones who wanted to stay in Mitzrayim, the Mishnayim but Mitzrayim, didn't want to go out. So the question is, why didn't these poster childs of people who wanted to stay behind, who were Mishnayim, how did they miss the death of the, uh, of, of, the, of, of that, that occurred during Chayshech? How did they survive Chayshech? That is our riddle number one. Here's riddle number two. Why? You know, it says that during Makas Bechiris, don't leave your house, and the Malach will jump over your door, etc. So what does it say? A mashchus who's going around this Malach, Malach HaMavisel, is not going to be mafchin bein sadek l'rasha, so just stay inside. Sometimes when there are bad things going out, stay inside. Don't try to say, I'm going to be the good guy, I'm the good guy, what happened to me? Stay safe. Stay out of danger's ways. Seems that it was a Malach who was doing it. I don't understand. Doesn't we say the Avarti Beretz Mitzrayim Balayla Zev Avarti? The Rabbi Nishom saying, "I will pass through Mitzrayim Balayla Zev." Ani v'le Malach, Ani v'le Saraf, Ani v'le Shliach. V'kesi kol b'chayr Beretz Mitzrayim. Ani v'le Saraf, not a Malach. Ani v'le Shliach. Ani Hashem. Ani hu v'le Yacher. What is Rashi doing with all these psukim? Rashi says, Nitin Rishus Lamashchis, right? Lechabel Hashchis, the, the, the Malach could do damage here. There was no Malach here. Anivale Shliach, Anivale Malach, Anivale Saraf. Fereship Sukim, the Rechazal Barichas in the Haggadah, not like the Rashi in our Parsha. Those are our two riddles of the week. At the end of the program, we'll name the winners to, uh, we'll, we'll go through the answers to last week's riddle. I would just like to say my answer. I'm going to put it up here in front. We asked, uh, we seven times with the was Tzaka. So we asked, Shulchan Aruch, the, the Magen Avram brings, the Mishnah Bur brings, you're not supposed to scream by davening, right? The Arizal was not Mashmiya Kailai. So I'm only answering this because I heard a story from Rav Shach that I thought is worth saying over. But Rav Shach said over a fascinating story. He said that somebody came, I may be wrong about the names of the Rebbes, excuse me, the story is, is 40 years old, 50 years old, whenever I was in Eretz Yisrael, 40, somewhere 40 years ago. So, Hashach said like this, he said, somebody, Karlina Chassid, was in Mezhebaj, and he went over to the Rebbe Raburuchol, who was a very proper, you know, very fastidious, and he said, you know, I want you to know that I'm here from Karlina, and my minig is, I, I scream by davening, do you mind? So Rebbe Raburuchol said to him, I absolutely mind, no screaming here, that's not our mahalach. So this very shaken chassid went by. He said, okay. See, David was the only shul in town, I guess, in Bezhebash. So, uh, so he, uh, he davened, and he, but the whole Friday night, he wanted to scream, by boy, shalom, teres, bala, scream, nothing. Boy, chala, boy, kalam, mizmash, yes, yes. Some people scream by mizmash, he bit his lip, he didn't. Then by shamru, he wanted to stand on the bench and scream, shamru, you ever see Kaleen had a scream? He was quiet, he remembered again. Vayichulu! He was going to scream, Vayichulu, he didn't. Shabbos morning, he again came to Nishmas, he couldn't see, he couldn't help us. And by Kalatzmaisei Timarna, he started screaming at the top of his lungs. Afterwards, he felt very bad. So after davening, he went over to Nebra Baruchel and he said, I'm sorry that I screamed. So he said, it's no problem, it's fine. So he said, but you told me not to. So he said, no, 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 you don't understand. You wanted to tell me in advance you want to scream. He said, to make an appointment for screaming, we don't make an appointment to scream. If from your heart a scream comes out, there's nothing I could, There's nothing wrong with that. So what is it? The Shulchan Aruch says, the Magen Avram, the way I understand it says, we don't make appointments to scream. We daven quietly. If somebody's in great tzar, that, of, of course such a thing is permitted. Even that Rizal would say, right? But we don't make appointments to scream. So this story of Rav Shach came to mind 
when I sit over the riddle. But at the end, we will play answers to the riddle, and you can decide whether you like my story and it's the right answer or whether our, uh, our respondents have the right answer. If you want to leave a message by phone or dial in by phone to listen, in America, our number is 732-806-8700. In England, it's 44, that's the country code, 33011-70250. In Eretz Yisrael, it's uh, 02-372-0304. Let's go to our guests. Joining us from Lakewood, New Jersey, is Rav Yaakov Berman. He's the Rav of Kahal-based tefillah. He's also the Avbezdin of Machon Legitin of Lakewood. He's a Talmud of Reb Chaim Leib Epstein, a Talmud of the Mir Nirshalayim, a Talmud of uh, Lakewood, Bespedrish Kavai. He's a Musmach of many Rabbanim. Welcome, Rav Yaakov. The pleasure, pleasure and honor to be here on the program, Rebbe. So, Rebbe Yaakov, how makbid should we be on names in marriage? A boy's read a girl, and um, the girl's the same name as his mother. Well, he's the same name as the, the Schwer. When somebody comes to you with the Shiloh, what do you tell them? Okay, so, so to, uh, to put things in perspective, it's not a halacha. Like, as everyone knows, it's, not, it's a tzavah from Yudah Chassid. And because it's a tzavah that's pretty obscure, pretty not clear from the Lashon of the tzavah, how much you should be makbid, there's days that range from the most machmir to most mekilim. Like, the, the, the obvious Ramesha Feinstein. Obviously, he was mekil. He had two Adams named Meisha. Um, the Chassam Seifer is mekil. So he says that the Tzavos of Yudah Chassid was for his children, and we don't have to assume that we're from his children. It was not meant for Klai Yisrael. On the other hand, there are people who are very, very mekil. You know, it's a scary thing because um, it comes with kind of like a curse. It's not going to, you know, the, the Zim won't be the offer. And if there are people who are scared, and people that are kihilists that are very mekil on that, um, and the Paiskin just deal with all different types of oifanim which you could be makel. Um For example, um, by those who are matter when, 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 if you're not matbid, like, um, for example, uh, we know the, the clouded by Ayin Hara, like Kabbalah, like so if you learn that this is because of Ayin Hara, um, of, the, of the different names, so if you're not matbid, you don't have to worry about it. Chazaynish writes such a svar. Um, if you have two names, one has two names, one has one name, um, that people are makel. If you're not called by the same name, if you live in a different city, that those who are Mako, um, when the Shver or the Shvega was Nifter already, that those who are Mako, that those who are Mako by Tamachacham, Tamachacham is the, the mitzvah to marry up, uh, to get married, or Bas Tamachacham, and therefore don't be Mako on these things, that those who would be most of a shame in order to get into such a shidduch. You know, so the, 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 the Chachmas Adam, Chsam Saifa, that says that the whole Hakpad is only when you have three daris of the same name, not two daris altogether. But on the other hand, are those who are very machmir. So 
you know, the, the and what's interesting is people. Mostly the Hasidim. It's mostly the Hasidim who are Makbar. Is that fair to say? Um, you know, I, I, I think today's day and age, many, many more people than Hasidim are Makbar. There, there are many things that the Hasidim kind of brought them in Hagen with them, and it was dispassionate to the rest of Kali Yisrael. And that part is there by, by literature for sure. I mean, ask any Shatran. It, 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 it's, it's there. People, people ask. People Claire, you know, or Chaim Kinesky was known to be a person that answered these shilas in the safer shavis but it's, it's it, it, he extensively talks about this. Don um, said we get these shilas all the time, um, you know, from literature. So it's, it's I wouldn't say it's only sinner, but it's, it's, it's but today is everyone. Um, let me ask you a question. The Rabbi Huda Chassid, let me throw some of his. He says, A person should not name one of his children Yehuda or Shmuel. Now, are, are these people also makbid not to call their children Yehuda or Shmuel? Or, or a person shouldn't polish the shoes the day he goes Laderech? No one right? Or you shouldn't build a house made out of stone? No one's makbid on that. Or you shouldn't, you, you, the whole Yerushalayim would be out of business, right? A, a person shouldn't build, which is all the new buildings in Yerushalayim, right? Um, people are makbid because the, uh, he gives the Eitzah with the chicken, I think, you know, so they're the opposite who kind of uses Eitzah. Okay. Okay. But most people are not makbid, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the similar daver kiyeshu achinachdav. I mean, so let me ask you a question. A guy calls up his rav. I'm just asking the logic of this. His name is Shmuel, right? His father's name is Yehuda. He lives in the same. He lives in the same. All the brothers live in the same city in Yerushalayim, and they built their house on a land that was never built before, and it's made out of stone. And he asks, "Can I marry?" a girl who's the same name as my mother. And I say, whoa, 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 here are five capetas you don't care about, and this one you care about. Like, what's the logic to that? So you want to know why, why, why somehow this got had mazel that it's smashed in Christ, and the other tzavah is not so much. That's really a question. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't really know why. But the very fact that somehow the Kalal the, the Yisrael is mapped on certain things and not other things, and it's been like that for Dairis, I guess that's why it's just, you know, Gavarin. What do they do in communities like Satma? What do they do in, in Labavitch where, there's every, you know, 50% of the girls are Hayamushka? And in, in, in Satma, where 50% of the boys are Yaeli, what are they going to do when the second generation has to get married? And if, if half the boys in the class are Yaeli, there's a very good chance that both, both Shares are Yaeli. You know what I mean? Which is also You know, when so much of the same name, there's a very high likelihood that the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law... I'm not sure about Kansan My guess is that after the Rebbe was Nifta, so then, you know, the people who, you know, the people at the time, they named the children of the grandchildren of the Yale, and after a while it stopped. And then... Well, I can tell you, I can tell you, I can tell you, Sean Lubavitch, it didn't stop. So do they do? There's Shaddai Dahara, you know, you have a, a million Menachem Mendels and Mushkis. What are they, if they're Makhbed and Savas, what are they going to do? So they'll do one of two things. Either they'll marry out of Lubavitch. That is not happening. <laughs> and that's not happening. Or, 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 again, it's only a Tava, and there's, a, there's tons of a terror. I mean, but the Laba- and the Lubavitch wrote himself very strongly about it in the letters, how he's mocked on, you know, Tzavayesk in particular, Chabad, who wrote about it. You know, there's two of from him about, about uh, Tzavayesk, you know what I mean, how he, 
from, from the Tzemach Tzedek, etc., that they were very makbid. Yeah. They were very, they were, they were makbid n- not to marry someone yeah. who had the same name as, as the Mughal. Yeah, here's his Lashen. Kivan de Murgul Bufi Abriyas, Yeshwi Zorakein, Aflamish Eina Mizare, Adover Sakana. So this is the Lashen of the Tzemach. I'm just, I guess we should ask a Chabad rabbi, and, you know, that's not, that's, that wasn't, I, when, when you, when we spoke about all the yeshivas you went to, Chabad wasn't one of them, so it's, nope. so we're not going to put I that. Guess, I, I guess, I, I guess they will tell you, Dayat Sarah Bishat, and Mishiach will be there before them. Okay, okay, okay. So let me ask you, um, what about um, younger siblings getting married before older siblings, which is a very okay. common, you know, it's a very common problem. So again, that's not a halacha. It's a minig, actually a minig in the makam of Laman. <laughs> um, and like also can be mekamegu. That, that's the makar to that minig. Um, but it's not a minig that was in, you know, that was Naram Narayim. It's it, it a minig that's brought on La'alacha. Taisis, the same very famous Taisis, in Kedushin, um, brings a La'alacha. Rabbeinu Tam. It says that, yeah. Right, as the father says, I'm Mekadish, I'm the my daughter. We have to assume that Mekadish, the, 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 the older daughter, because of the also came from Kamego. So, it, it, you know, it, 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 we make a lot of ish ish from, from this minute. So it's a pretty stark minute, it seems. Um, but more robust reason from the Benoist Slavka also, right, that, 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 the older, that the older daughter should get married before the younger daughter. The Bach say this, this applies to, to boys and men as well. Um, so, but, Halacha, it's not. It's a minig. No, even um, Taish is arguing yeah. when Rabbi Natam says that when, the, when he's Makabish Stam, he probably means the older daughter. He's saying that the Derech Olam is all things being equal, you'd want the, the older one to get married first. So Mestama, that's what he did. What's, what's it? But he's not saying that you would have to do that. He's just saying that that's probably what happened. Which, which, because no, even when younger daughters get married first, everybody would agree it's not a Lachatchila. No, 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 but it's brought down like us to Kim Kamenu. Right. It's not, the, it's not the minig to do this. So therefore, it, he probably did that. But it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it. Right. It, 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 it's not a, it's, it, it, again, it, it, there's no issa. It, it, it's not put down an issa. And in fact, Ramesh brings a... a so here's my question. It's not an issa. Go ahead. So it's not an issa, but it's a, uh, Ramesh brings a right it's not an issa because if, um, because if uh, he brings down the case, if, 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 if an older one made the Mashiach and the younger one didn't make Mashiach and he was Mekaddish, he was Mekaddish, one of them, so then we assume he did the, the, not the older one because that's only Hayde Shlech and, and, and the Mitzvah is the If the older one is an issa, so then <laughs> the, the, the Issa will override the Mitzvah by Yesen Mishlucha. Mishlucha means the right. It's, it's, it's not an Issa. But it's, it's two things. It, it, it's a minig, it seems, that, 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 that was done in the times of Lavan and continued today to the point that Taisa brings it. And it's partial of sensitivity. It, it's a strong, it, 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 it's a very, very painful thing, and it hurts, and it's embarrassing very much. Anyone who knows, you know, for a younger sibling to see their older sibling get married first, and after sensitivity to this, so it's, it, 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 people are mahbid. Now, I want how much they're mahbid? Again, because it's not a halacha, so it's like all the other things we have to play by ear. Um, you know, the, the, and, and the place can talk about it. Um, uh, here, Ramosha, he, he's from the big he brings and he gives three reasons. Ramoshi gives three reasons. One he says is, um, "Why are you embarrassed? Um, maybe you know you are more. Maybe you want to be more picky than your sister, or maybe you want to be more picky than your brother. Maybe you're looking for something else." 
he says, so, she says, why be embarrassed? You know, you're the one who's choosier, so you should be proud of that. And then the second thing he says is, he says, you can't stop somebody from doing a mitzvah. He's talking about by boys in mm-hmm. particular, mm-hmm. because somebody else may get hurt. He said, so once you reach 18, and, and Chaim Kenyevsky said the same thing, where there's a chiv to get married, he I said, I mean, since I mean, it's... I, I mean, said about 20, right? The shrew was maximum 20. It, it, it could be, but the, the, the letter from the stipple that I see here is Legil Yudches. Yeah, yeah. So he says, once there's a chiv for you as a mitzvah to get married, so his sensitivity should not stop you from doing a mitzvah. So he says, it's a lachat chila. It's not a bit the ever. He says, any royish so here's my question. If you have somebody who, you know, the girl, you know, if one girl is 16 and one is 19 and the 16 wants to jump ahead, you could say, listen, you know, we should have some sensitivity. But once girls reach dating age and somebody reads the younger one a shidduch, and you say, let's have a sensitivity. Well, is it possible that the sensitivity is is like I don't want to say loisamid al damriecha, but I know cases where you know girls waited and waited and waited and waited for an older sibling, and suddenly the younger one who never went out yet was 24, and the younger one that, and and it, it, it was a retzicha on the younger one. So we're letting like these these finer you know uh, a psak of lovan, which Ramosha says is nothing, turn into a case where you could have people who never get married because of it. So have we let sort of you know like the you know the, 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 these finities of of, of midas tivis like go edler things turn into where they create car crashes you're 100 percent right and and there's a balance here um you know it, 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 waiting for an older sister too much could then make the problem much worse and then there'll be a whole lineup of girls or boys not married which is going to be even harder for all of them than if you would have let you know a young one go first and like you said yes if one sixteen is one twenty don't let the sixteen go first but let's say you have um uh, let's say a year apart girls you have a you, you have a, you have a girl one year older than the other girl and the older girl hits nineteen twenty twenty one and then she's twenty two the younger one is twenty one so I think the 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 what most people do is that they make a certain time limit. You know, we'll wait till till the older one's twenty two till the younger one's twenty one. And you know, and at that point, if something will still be mishtadel more for the older one, but if something will come up to the young one, or especially if something good will come up for the younger one that might not come up again, or we can't just dug up, so then. You know, we'll just have to do it. You know, so how many yeah. how many shaduchim has the 21-year-old bypassed because she waited until she was 21? The years of 19, 20, 21 to a girl, how important are they? Um, well, again, people generally are not going to read a 19-year-old girl a shaduch if it's a 20-year-old sister. Okay, but so there's no reason that the girl there's no reason the girl can't ask can't ask for a shadow. I mean, in other words, how much damage are you doing to a girl if you would put girls in the freezer till 21? How much damage are you doing to them? I would make the argument a lot of damage. And what right is one? Does, and, and and so so like this fineness of you know of 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 love and leyasa is really damaging somebody. Um, I, I I I hear I hear your point. Um, you could argue and say that... And that's, and that's Ramesh's opinion, by the way. And this is Ramesh's opinion. Yeah. And waiting to 21, and waiting for 20, when waiting for 21 might not be all that much damage. Because 21, in today's day and age, is not considered old. What percentage, what percentage of the class is married when they're 21? Don't know that. Could be, could be half. So, you know, I mean, you, you took away 50% of her opportunity. I mean, that's, 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 that's a lot. 
So you're saying 21, 22 is the age, and I, I, I think, I think, I think that's that's kind of reasonable. But again, if you know, if if, if and then many times, you know, there's different circumstances. But there's a reason why the older one can't get married, or when the old one and younger one are so different that the the their their pool of shaduchim are so so different that is that 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 it works on a whole different scale. So then again, you have to take that into judgment as well. But I I, I think that's more than what I what I suggest, and more what I'm saying that this is kind of, I think, the minigarium. I don't think 19-year-old girls run to get married when they have a 20-year-old sister. I, I hear, next question, um, marrying for money. The Gemara in Kiddushin, the Fahina Muralov says, Kalanaisi ishul shumamein havelibanim shemin muhuganim. The Shailun the Shulchanarach. Shulchanarach paskins. It's only if it's an isha psula. He married, but the Goyen famously paskins. The Goyen Nevenezer Simon Vase of Kattenvav says, Kipshutzei, you're not supposed to marry because of money. So we know that let's say Brisk follows the Goyen. So are the boys there? And they say, look, you know, I'm not. Don't talk to me about money in a shadach because we go like the Goyen or not. Like, how do we feel the how do we feel about it? Okay, so let, let's first understand. And, and one more thing, and in Eretz Yisrael, where, where this is a, a huge issue with Diris and stuff, mm-hmm. um, how do they deal with this guy and those who go the derech of the gra, right? Who, who says you're not allowed to marry? And there's some really, there's some really um, things. Havilei banim, havilei The pais can say those who go like the guy in, right? The chafetz chaim and the and the mitzvahs loisachmaid in the sefer mitzvahs hakatan says. Uh, He's over on Lesachma, the guy writes. Do you see people before they go into a shidduch say, look, let me be, we have a guy in, we have the same Chafetz Chaim who wrote the Shemir Salashin. Let's be, let's be careful about this. Okay, so let, let's first understand what does it mean, how nice of the same moment. So the nice of the same moment, according to is is either again uh, uh, let me just agree. The, 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 that way you say that Dafka if someone takes a woman who's in a genus that's the reverse that should not bring down. And the 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 the, the, the continues um, after the after the reverse that the that any money that that a husband takes uh, from his kawa and the shidduch is any any moment shayisha and any matzich and that's my shayisha the same the same woman that's a Within the Rama himself, so Chalkis Mechalik is Mechalik that um, if 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 one is is takes a isha that's Hygenesli, and he's not Ma'agin himself or the isha for the money, so then there's nothing wrong with taking the money. That that that's that's not nice isha the same moment. Dafka, if he insists and makes an issue about it, is it called is it called nice isha the same moment? Or he takes someone that's not Nagaya anyways. And the guy which he quoted also he says if, if if that's the whole reason why he takes it because of the money, and without that he would not have taken her. So that's nice isha the same moment. Um, clearly argues on the chalkas mechaykik. He does. He does. And, and he, he just says have a ikka the scarlet the kolmishamamin have a legamke nice. It doesn't have to be Nisha Psula, it doesn't have to be any time there's money involved, it's called not like the Halkas Machaikik, he argues, and he argues on the Rivash. Yes, Shubh the also says that that, that, has to be some, that that has to be something that, that, that he would otherwise not marry. That's a shame something wrong with So I'm asking you a question. There are two girls brought. They say, this girl has a very big dealer she's coming with. And he says, you know what, I wouldn't, I, the other girl really, I would go, but this is the one I'm going to marry because of support or because of a dealer. Would that be a problem, like the guy in? It would seem to feel the guy would not be a problem. Would not be a problem. Why? It would not be a problem. Be- because because there's, no, there's no reason why not to choose the one that has the money also. 
No, he said, without that, without the money, you would not marry this one. You're marrying her because she's coming with a dira. So the guardian says, even though you're taking the money. Okay, so who cares? It's also money, but I would have married her without that. But without that, that's called noisy ishol shame on me. You have a case, the guy's brought a, somebody with a big dira, with parnasa, etc., and, and he could learn. And the, uh, and let, 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 let's say, let's say there's, there's two girls and neither of them have the dear. He won't get married at all, he'll wait. Yes, then, then, then it's nice to usually say mommy. But again, if he has two and, and you have the choice to have money. So Obviously, that's what the guy says. Nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with the money, he says. Right, exactly. So but if the money you, makes you, would, you're marrying her and without that money you wouldn't have married her, that's called a nice to usually say mommy. You marry somebody else. You marry someone else. Who, who doesn't have money, who doesn't have money. Either way, you, you, you don't really particularly, this is not necessarily the girl you wanted to marry, but... I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'm so just curious. I'm pointing out that I, I don't know anybody who's marked it on the guy. The cash is that according to the way you understand the guy, that if the, if, you, if, 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 the, if the money is what's marked the ship, and if not for the money, you would look elsewhere. You would not, it's necessarily, right. which is very, very shiach today. So why isn't, is that, um, is that nice say mummy? And why isn't it nice for And since it's so shiach that everyone does it, so how, how do they get around that problem? That's uh, really, you know, uh, okay. I wouldn't say, so I would say that it, it, it's, it's probably not so shiach as I imagine there are a lot of guys, they would not get married. They're not going to say, look, if it weren't for the money, I, I would never marry this girl. Because it happens occasionally. I wouldn't say it happens all the time, no? Maybe in Archie's stroll with the dearest. I mean, if you don't give a dearie, you ain't getting married, you know? Right. Okay, but even in America, so I guess a Bahu first comes through the Entisaduch and he has a nice long list. So, yeah, like, he'll go for the money and he won't yet look at right. someone with that money. And eventually, as, you know, I think he'll, uh, he'll settle with the money. Uh, you know, you know, you know, I, I, I hear if that's what the guy means. So then, again, you, ha- you have the Chalkis Machaikik and you have and you have the Archie. And Rilash, obviously, that they say, that you know that nice usually same moment means if it's ain't again it's like or or nice same moment is where you 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 absolutely would uh, uh would, would not marry otherwise so that, so the, the pastor's terrence is really I, I i think i think what what the semichon and the cash really is on the system because this is encouraged by many russians to look for money um because, because uh, and and i i guess the chilek that they say or the marihetta that they say is that this if one is nice and moment, the same moment, because he wants um, to have money, he wants to to to, to be rich or to be on uh, on a to live on a higher standard, to be well to do. So yes, that's maybe nice and easily the same moment. But if it's just in order for him to be able to learn being Yishev Hadas, so then you could argue that's not nice and the same moment. That's uh, that's that, that's just should have the ability to be able to learn and Narakashokan kind kind of alludes to that. He said that that's a Khashvizak, especially the Tamachakam. And it's interesting, you know, the Yeshiva Shisprach uh, um uh, at least when I was going out, so you don't ask is there support, is there mammon? You ask is there a matzav of learning? That that that's 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 the way we, you know, they, they would they would kind of um, clothe that request. A matzav of learning. It's not, it's not money. It's not rich. It's not to live in a high standard. It's not to have a nice car. It's not to have, uh, you know, it, it's to be able to you should have epsiyishu adaf to learn. And and that it seems that the Russian yeshivas hold that that's not maisa. A, a, a nice little same moment. And the Hanami, if one wants a little higher and one wants money, yeah, it's it's problematic. <laughs> okay, let me ask you another question. One of the one of the kids in the family is off the derech. 
So it says, Tzarech Livdeg Bachel. Somebody comes to you and says, I want to go out with a certain oh, boy. He, he, he has a brother. His brother was Mahal Shabbos. He totally became fry, etc. Well, the other way around, the girl has a brother who's fry. Should I go out with the boy or not? Right. So the Shiloh really is when the girl has the brother, not when the boy has the brother. Okay. You have the Okay. So, because usually the girl's children go after the uncle. But continue. Go ahead. Well, you see, the Shulchan Aruch brings it both ways. So it seems, but there's a, on the dinner of Yivdeik Bachel, the girl has a, 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 a brother who's fry now, mm-hmm. and she comes to you, what would you say? Should I go out with the, bo- should I go out with the girl or not? Okay, so let's not talk halacha. Let's say what I would give him advice, what I would say. I would say, I, I would tell him like this, that first, first check, when you say off the derech, do you mean that? Michal Shabbos, Bethesia. I get it, but how should I have it? Does it mean that the 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 or Is it mean that the guy is a mushkus and a Russia? He just left. He's disinterested in Yiddishkeit. He's no good. He's too Yiddishkeit. Yeah. So I, I think the Yiddishkeit many times is going on the tchunis, on the riches of the person. You know, the person went off the derech, so it's not necessarily a a a, a show on the tchunis and the midas of the person necessarily. So it, I, I, I would say like what. what kind of person is he? You know, is he a disgusting person? That you know, that's a that, 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 that's a, very good. You're saying it's a you're saying you're saying you're more, more concerned also, about the meters of it than the dais of it. Absolutely. And I would also ask him, what, is there only one brother here? Are there five brothers here? If it's one brother, then I would say it's not in the family. It's not the tchunis of the family. Right? The other, it's always all the achim. All the achim are good. This one achim went off. Who says, no, who says be biting that ach, be, be biting that ach? What about somebody um, is read a, a, a basa maritz? So the Gemara says, well, you saw them, but the Gemara says, the Shodar says, well, you saw them basa maritz. And uh, she's a very nice girl. She went to seminary, pick your favorite seminary. And her father is mama, she doesn't know anything. Would you say, la halacha, we're makbid on that today or not? No, we're not makbid. I think this came from the Briskarov, I believe, that he says that, that today that we have the Beshiakov system, so a girl who went and had the chinuch of the Beshiakov has a din of a And the svar is a push of the svar. Because, because a mo, the girl was her appearance, and no one, her whole chinuch and her whole, her whole outlook and her whole hanhugah was that, that of appearance. And if the father was an Amaret, she grew up with all the hasagas of Amaret. Today, the girls grow up with different hasagas from the chinuch. Very good. What about, um, she's, she, her parents are Balei Tshuva, mm-hmm. so there's, all the boys about, comes from Balei Tshuva, and there's a very good chance, I mean, there's Pashtas, he's a Ben Nida. So the Gemara says, you're not supposed to marry a Ben Nida. What would you do if somebody comes to you with that, Shiloh? So Benida again, if again, if the parents became Balichuva after the kids were born, which is a, the big sense that the kids are uh, the kids Benida, so then you're right, it's Nifkam, it's the become there, and and you would say it's not a lechatchila, but there is a very famous chiddush from Rabbi Moshe that says that if the child is a ben is is a ben tayr or bastayr and about midas tayvais, so then we could assume that the kid's not a benida. So chiddush, we said because the pagam of a bandida is going to be a grubber pagam that you'll see. And if and and and, and if it's an edel person and a ben tayr and and about midas tayvais, we could assume. Somehow, some way, that the mother was not in need. And he said, okay. Rabbi Yaakov, I wonder if Chathila, she tried again about Islam Chacham. You know, like all the other questions I asked, you know, Chathila tried to get the best shit that they could get in economy. But, 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 but it, 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 it,
a Mitsuyenes who comes from a not religious home, she's maybe a Basnida, she whatever, or not such a good girl, but she comes from the best home. What do you say? So I, I believe the Rabbi would have said to go for the Mitsuyenes. Interesting. Next question. What chesreinus do you have to be Megala, and what don't you? So obviously you don't have to be Megala all the chesreinus, because if you Megala all the chesreinus, ain't no double safe. Everyone has chesreinus, yeah. every human person has problems, and if you stop being Megala things, then there's ain't no double safe, and no one will get married. Um, but there are I think the rule of is something which is a chesreinus that's hard to live with. Something which is a concern that might change or modify or take away from the mahalachachayim or the quality of life. Um, that, that you have to make um, Something which is a double hummer um, that's, that's now under control. Give us but a few examples. Give me, give me three examples of reveal, three examples don't reveal. Um, someone who has type 1 diabetes that's totally under control, you do have to... You do have, you, you do have to um, Reveal that um, someone who someone who um, I heard this from my other goggle, someone who is not clinically depressed, but you know he pops once in a while a antidepressant pill, but not because he 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 has, he has any mental illness. You don't have to reveal someone who has depression, even though now it's under control. You do have to reveal um, someone who has a spleen issue, a kidney issue, a liver issue um, that's under control, but could not could could get could get out of control and is on medicine to keep to, you know to, to keep that person under control. You would have to reveal. Let me ask you. Um, let me ask you a question. A boy had a year or two that he was a shababnik. He was hanging out with. He was a shababnik. He was hanging out with girls. He was his frumkite was suspect between sixteen and seventeen, and then he came back to yeshiva. Now he's learning great. You have to be Megal that or not? Um, well, let's get to the details. If he if if we're dealing with Znus, I believe we should reveal it. If we if 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 if, if, if we're, we're dealing with, he took a couple of cigarettes and even maybe smoked pot once in a while, and he texted on Shabbos. He texted on Shabbos, and he's a total baltuva now. Now he's a baltuva. Would you reveal it or not? I, I I would say I'm not enough of Adam Gadol to answer it, but my idea is that he would not have to reveal it. Rabbi Yankif, given that there's a shidduch crisis, which seems to be getting worse. That's what, yes. if, you, if you follow, you know, a good yes. convention, right? Um, yes. Do you think that the freezer is a takana that maybe has seen its, better, its best days and it's right now it's damaging Benoist Yisrael? You know, I, I'm not so involved in, in, in the data, but I don't see it. I don't see that the few months should make such a difference. It's only a few months. Okay, that's fair. And because the few months realize people take down the chesed when they decide to come to Lakewood. So I, I wouldn't point the finger at this Taikana for the shit of crisis. I wouldn't even say it's all much that much aggravating it. Maybe, you know, slightly, but, but I, I, I don't see it. I don't see that that's the problem. Have you, do you have daughters you've married off? I have daughters married off. I have daughters single as well, yes. So you're talking touch it from the balance science. From, from what I see around, I'm, I'm a rogue, so people come to me and I have a key. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see that that's the culprit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I, I personally think Nussie has it right with the age gap, although, you know, people don't like it, but I, I, I think so. I think that's probably the most, the biggest culprit of them all. But, um, but I, I, I don't really see the, 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 the freezer is, is the problem. Okay. Thank you very much. This is a wonderful interview. Dave, it's been really a pleasure talking to you. And, and, and a big thank you very much. Bye-bye. 
Joining us from uh, uh, Tom's River, New Jersey, is Mrs. Bella Beer. She's a renowned dating coach and life coach. She's been doing it for some 40-odd years. Welcome, Mrs. Beer. Thank you very much. What does a dating coach do? When I was dating, there were no coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, things were a lot simpler back then, but in general, the range... It's a very big range. I I help people while they're dating. Sometimes when they have confusion, they're not able to um, clarify in their mind if this is the right one, etc. He did something I didn't like, she did something, etc. But I also help people before, like people who aren't having success in dating and what are they doing wrong? Like they don't happen to have to be in a relationship when I talk to them. But they'll say, you know, I've been dating for four years and after three dates, the guy keeps saying no or the girl keeps saying no, so what am I doing wrong? Or sometimes they're just going out with the wrong people. And then also, which I started doing recently, is that people who come from a different background than what they are now. So, for example, people that the parents aren't from or even people where the parents are chassidish and did the show. So they're just not familiar with the ins and outs of the dating world and I kind of take over and I become like their shidduch mother for their dating time and I help them navigate, I help them understand resumes. So give me an example of some of the help you, you commonly do. What, what does that mean in English? Uh, the last thing that I just said? So, so walk me through it. I'm a person. Okay. I'm dating. I either give me a few examples. You were asked X. The guy's not having it. He, he's gone out a bunch of times. It always stops at the right. third time. You, you plan the date. Right. Like, walk me. Give me some okay. examples. So I'll meet with them and I'll dissect with them the dates. What, what dates worked? What dates didn't work? What we can pull out of it that that he's doing right or she? I don't want to, you know, what what they're doing wrong. In what way are they looking for the wrong type? Uh, for instance, a lot of boys are just basing their judgment. I am scared to even say this, but you know this is true. A lot of boys are basing their judgment on, on a picture before they go out. And then because of that, they're not looking into what's important and they're ending up going with, out with the wrong type of girl. Or sometimes the parent is looking for one thing and the kid is looking for something else. So we kind of delve into, you know, I had a boy, for instance, that, uh, you know, was 29. And so we went into the one experience that he had in all his years of dating where it went to seven, eight times. And we dissected how that went better than other things. And then we dissected, but what happened after seven, eight times that it didn't end up going to fruition. And very often it's something in their way of thinking. And very often it's something that it was just not the right person, but they were just really giving it their, all their best. So it's very hard to generalize. Give me the, give me the example of not the right thinking. Um, breaking it up for a wrong reason. Now, there's a lot of people that their goal is just um, just get them engaged. And, and I've had, unfortunately, bad experience um, not of my own, of someone actually telling one of my kids to get engaged when they shouldn't have, and it didn't... Um, and who's telling, who's telling them that, that that type of advice? I don't mean the name of the person, uh, but what's that? Right, obviously. Person? So in that case, it was a rub that she went to, that she was recommended from her friends to go to. And what did the rub um, say? You get engaged, it'll be fine. Like, well, how does somebody say something like that? That's a very good question. I mean, Baruch Hashem, she's married now uh, 10 years already, and she's very happy, and and. Like, how and does somebody say, fine. just get engaged, and things will be fine? Right. What was the issue she was having? Well, on paper, everything was right, but she just wasn't feeling anything for him. And He said, don't and, worry, you'll feel something for him. Well, you're going to engage, you'll you, feel it. And, can I ask you a question, yeah. Mr. Do you, mm-hmm. see, do you see, do you come across a lot of bad advice given to people? Yes. 
And isn't that important to talk about? Like you have young, yes. vulnerable people. They're in their 20s. They've had very little relationship with the opposite gender, et cetera. And there's people giving them advice. And you know what? There's a lot of people who will give you really, really bad advice. And you will have a really unhappy marriage. Right. Right? Yes. And somebody has and, to say and, that, right? Right. And, but on the other hand, and this is a huge achrayah. You know, and I, I want to and I want to I want to just say something. People come to me, let's say, with business help or they're starting something, and I, mm-hmm. I say you're going to meet a lot of really bad people who are going to try to cheat you and try to this, and then you're going to meet good people. But there's a lot of bad people, and it's important. People will say terrible things to you to attack you to make you feel bad. And I think that the reason to say that is because pre-warned is pre-armed, right? So you right. know, you, you have bachrim and they go or girls and they're going. To advisors who, like, I remember me and my, I just want to share with you, me and my wife once went away for a shop at some place. He's going back 30 years. And it was a, a, a kosher hotel in the mountains. And in the room next to us, there was like screaming going on. Kyla Sabrakim. And who was it? I won't mention her name. It was a very well known psychologist who was giving lectures the whole Shabbos about how to get along with people, Shalom Bayez. Mm-hmm. And in her room, Kyla Sabrakim, her and her husband, her and her kids. Right. So there, there are just people who really give bad advice. <laughs> They're good right, advice so, too, but there's a lot of bad. How do you? So wait. So how do you know if you're getting bad advice or good advice? Uh, so how do I know if they're getting, or how do they how know? Does, so how does a single person, your, your daughter right, goes out don't. with somebody, she goes and she feels nothing, and the rough says, "Don't worry, it's going to be it's going to be good." Right. How does she know right. if she's getting good or bad advice? So I have to tell you that in that situation, I did not know that whole story until after she was ready to break up the shidduch. In other words, she never told me she went to the rough. She never told me why she went to the rough. As far as I was concerned, she was doing fine. So had I known that, maybe things would have been differently, but they, they weren't. How do you know when someone's giving you bad advice? You don't. And that's why it's so important to go to the right person. I just want to clarify something. You're saying when people come to you in business and you say there's a lot of bad people out there, I don't think any of the people giving bad advice are bad. I think there's I'm, just... I'm not, I'm not Hasushalm, saying that. I'm, I'm just right. telling people things they never expect to hear like right. oh it's going to be roses you're going to meet people right. they're going to say nasty things they're going to they'll tear up your self-esteem and you just have to keep going and know that they're just mean people out there so i didn't mean to i didn't mean to right. you know <laughs> okay. to, no, to, no, to, I know. To, i'm sure that I the just, people are, are talking from the best they just don't not give it i would say to if somebody asked me how do you know if it's good advice or bad advice or something like dating tell me if you think about this um everybody inside sort of knows if it feels right or if it feels wrong like if somebody says to you you know i don't care about this person and it's going to be okay. Like, I don't know. Do you really feel okay about that? Like, does that really so make a lot of sense it, to you? Like, it, we, we sort of have innate. So if after the advice is this niggling, that doesn't feel right, it's probably really wrong. Except that when you're a 19-year-old girl and you go to a rub that you trust and, and you're taught your whole life that, you know, what the rub says is right, then, you know, you just have total amuna and you just say, oh, well, the rub has said it's going to be fine, so it's going to be fine. Now, in the rub's defense, and I, and I, I agree with And I agree with everything you said. I think if you brought a chicken to the rub and he said it's kosher, he's 100% you could rely right. on that it's kosher. right. But if he's right. giving you dating advice and he's not you and he doesn't know the boy and he doesn't know you and he, and he you know, right. he's like, well, how right. would he know how you feel about right. somebody? Right, saying exactly. the or anything, right? Right, exactly. So that's why um, I do have a lot of undoing to do before I do. In other words, I sometimes have a lot of damage control to do when I meet someone who has been told things that aren't correct. Now, why do I have the, uh, I guess, the the ego to think that everything I say is right? I don't. But what Hashem, Baruch Hashem, gave me a lot of um, understanding of how relationships work. And, and in the end of the day, 
I have broken up couples and I have pushed couples to get engaged. And I have to tell you that in all the years, I never really made a mistake <laughs> that I know of. In other words, all the couples that I pushed to break up got married to someone else and are very happy. And all the people that I pushed to get engaged are married and very happy. So, okay, so it's a lot so the, of emuna. But Ms. Yeah. Beard, let me ask you, give me the three most common things people come to you with. Uh, the, the most common thing would be, um, how, how do I know? That was how do I know if this is the right one? And you, I get that question from all walks. So it's it's a lot of questions that I ask them and delve. It's not like oh you okay. know if this. So I'm I'm asking. But, let's play the part. I'll okay. play the part. I'm, I'm okay. going out. I'm I'm a yeshiva bacha. I'm 24, um, which is when I get married. I never you know I've, I've you know I'm dating now. I don't know much about girls or about marriage except what I saw at home. I just don't know if it's the right one or not. What would you, right. what would you let's play this? Okay. So how do you feel when you're with her? Like do her. you enjoy your time with her? Do you do you have fun? Do you laugh together? Have you are you able to discuss things that you haven't discussed with like beyond beyond the very superficial? And then the main question is, do you look forward to the next time you're going to see her? Do you miss her when you're not with her? And and if they tell me I dread my next date, even though on paper everything's fine, or if they tell me I couldn't care less if tomorrow if tomorrow she would say no, then there's a problem in the relationship. Yeah, but let's if say that those are extremes. Let's say it's more gray. Let's say he says, oh, you know, it's it's a lot better than being in second seder going on the date. I mean, I guess right. it's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. What do you so say when you get like these super, big right. answers? <laughs> that's not super exciting, but my, my philosophy is then you go out until you do know the answer to that question. And when the shotgun says, well, you went out with her seven times already, you can't lead her on like that, I don't agree with that. If you need more time for clarity, then you need more time for clarity. As long as there's still something there that you're feeling and a reason to keep dating the person, you should keep dating them until you're 100% sure that you don't want to see them again or that you do want to see them again. And that's the part where you'll know if you should be marrying them. And, what do you, and how do you respond? And how do you respond when the Shabbos says something like, you know, all the Bali Musa say that the worst that they you could do is hurt somebody, and now you're leading that person on. So we're not leading her on intentionally. We're getting clarity of our own feelings, and if they want him to say no right now, then very possibly the right person that's supposed to be marrying her, her Vasher, is moving on to someone else because she didn't want to have the patience to wait for him to be able to understand his own feelings. And by the way, it's usually the girl. We're saying it's reverse. It's usually the girl, not the boy. Who doesn't know? Yeah, it's usually the girl. Even though most of my clients are, are male, but it's, it's usually, the boys are usually more sure than, occasionally not, because I've had both ways, but I would say the majority is the girl that's not sure. And if the girl needs more time for the clarity, for her to be 100% sure, why should she say no just so that you shouldn't get hurt when possibly she might end up marrying you if you give her a little more time? So what's your, what's your second? First one is how do I know if it's the right one? Second one. Second one is why am I not engaged? What is that? Period. Why am I not engaged? Period. I've been dating. What am I doing wrong? Why, 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 why is everybody, all my friends getting engaged? I'm 24 years old and I'm not engaged. And how do you so, respond to that? Okay, so obviously we all, you know, everything is in Hashem's hands and in the right time. But that doesn't mean that we can't do things to speed the process along and help Hashem. Not help Hashem, it doesn't need our help, but our hishtatlus. Okay, somebody wants to ask me if doing something was too much hishtatlus. I'm like, there's no such thing as too much hishtatlus. You have to do what you have to do. And if changing your outlook and how you date is what it takes for, for you to be able to move forward, then that's what you have to do. So if you're 24-year-old girl, and I don't like to pick ages because some are 24 just started dating, but let's say you've been dating a few years, you're not getting anywhere, then you have to start assessing. Um, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Not 
Hashem just didn't send me the right guy. That's not the answer, okay? The answer is, am I looking at things wrong? Are things that are not important affecting me and affecting my judgment? Am I, I once worked with a boy for months because he was so worried, even though he liked the girl and he was attracted to the girl and he thought she was pretty, but he was scared that his friends would not think she was pretty. He's married now to her and everything's fine. But that was his fear, that his friends would not think she's pretty. That's something that you have to work through with a person. That's not a reason not to go out with someone. That's not a reason not to get married. That's, can I just so, say, Rebetzin, that's, 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 it's not a dating issue. It's a life issue. When we start outsourcing our self-image to third parties, yeah. it gets very that's dangerous. That's why I'm, I'm a life and dating coach, Baruch Hashem, so I can deal with both. But yes, you're right. It is. Wait, wait, give, me, give, me a few, oh. give me two or three more examples of the second one. Why aren't I engaged? Give me two or three more. Um, mostly it's because we're not looking in the mirror. I think that's a very controversial statement I'm making. Explain. And I might get a lot of what does that mean? feedback. I think that people are not realistic sometimes in what they're expecting their spouse to be. So, uh, okay, one of the main things I hear from girls, he's, he, you know, he doesn't learn during Benazmanim. He's not as, my father, every free second he has, he goes to learn. I want someone like that. And I'm like, your father wasn't like that when he was 22. Your father developed into that, and when you marry someone, you will help them to become that person. But you're not being realistic in your goal of what you're looking for now. Or I had a girl come to me, um, I, I don't want to give too many details, but she came to me in a, in a very not sneistic uh, clothing, and is sitting there telling me she wants a learning boy. And we're just like looking at her, and she goes, but I'm very firm. And I said, I know, but when you go to visit Shatchanim dressed how you're dressed, that's not what they're going to read you. They're not going to read you a learning boy, you know, or, or things like that. I, like you would think that they're very basic, but these are real things that happened. I'm not, I'm not making them up. So, so very often people are just not realistic in what's important and what they're looking for and, and who they are and what they have to bring to the table. Uh, they're expecting more from the other side than, than, than what they're bringing to the table. And because of that, or they have a very lofty idea of Prince Charming, who's also a Rosh Hashiva and also uh, Reichman at the same time so you know you're going to get everything in, in one package you're not you're going to get someone that is going to be your Azer Konegdo that's what you're getting and someone that you're going to build a life with and that you're going to develop into that couple that you have in your mind that is the ideal couple you're not getting the boy a finished product yet so what's, that's the third, what's the third one? so the third thing is that, that people don't know how to look into a shidduch weirdly like what does that like mean? Like you said, Explain. well, they don't get the right information, or my fam my favorite three words that someone said to them, I don't see it, you know, my, my very favorite words, and then that's it. They just put away the resume without even looking further into it, because how many couples do you see around that you just didn't see, but they're happy? So what kind of statement is that? But they're just not good at, I don't know, if it's, it's organizational or if it's um, a, a, a way of... of of delving, maybe I'm a good yenta, so I know how to delve into and get all the information that needs to be gotten, but they need help with that, and so I help them. Okay, let me ask you a question. I had a boy by my Shabbos table, and okay. he was telling me that he was, he had a story where um, the uh, the girl, it wasn't going so well, so she got a, she had a dating coach, and the dating coach told her, bake cookies for the boy. Mm-hmm. Find out what he, and she baked cookies for him, and it like blew him over, blah, 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 and then they got mm-hmm. engaged, and she, he found out mm-hmm. afterwards that she, it had come from them. a dating coach. Well, then I'd know. So my question is, is, are dating coaches in certain situations, not you, let's take you out of the picture, are they 
train are they basically telling them how to behave in ways that are not the person? Like this was not this was not the type of warm girl who would go and bake cookies. She wasn't forthcoming. Right. And she basically the dating coach turned her into somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, so she- she, so, yeah, I know what you mean, but I don't agree. You don't. Know, I mean, I don't agree. through that. Like, you know, when dating okay. coaches tell somebody, you do this and you do that and you do that, right. so, you know, it's like two actors yeah. on a stage. You know, you know what I mean? Okay, now that the, it's a TV commercial, everybody drops their lines and who are you going to be, which is what the rest of their right. life is, right? Right. So we're not writing the lines for them, but we are suggesting certain behaviors to move the, the process along. So, for instance, with the baking of the cookies, whether she baked them or she bought them, I do tell girls on a, a third or fourth date that they should bring something for the guy. The guy's been planning the dates, he's been paying for the dates, and you need to show, um, just because you're the girl doesn't mean you have to sit back and just expect everything to be done for you. I think it shows a lot that you're able, that you want to participate. So yesterday when you went out with him, he said, oh, I love um, sour sticks. So you could bring him a package of sour sticks. It doesn't have to be something big or substantial or that you did it yourself. It's something that shows that you were listening to him and that you care to make him happy. Now, why is that not what you're saying? Because I've had girls saying, oh, no, I'm not comfortable doing that. And I have girls saying, wow, that's a great idea. So now, just because she didn't think of it and someone suggested it, the fact that she did it still shows that she cared to show that she's invested in this relationship. My daughter came home after her fourth date with, with, with the man who is now her husband, but she, said, she, after the fifth date with her now husband, said to me, I think I'm going to plan the next date. And I told him I'm going to plan the next date. And I said, why? And she said, what do you mean? Because he took me out four times. Don't you think I should be doing something? So she actually thought of that herself, but not every girl will think about that themselves. But the one girl that you say it to will say, well, I'm the girl. He has to do it for me. Why should I okay. do it? So, and, that, and that guy might want that type of a girl. And, a, and another tell girl us, will... Tell us about the worst dating advice you've heard somebody get. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to go back to my daughter. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to that rough who just told her to get engaged. Oh. That that's that. I'm sorry that I don't have a more original story, but that was probably the worst dating advice. And and the reason it was the worst dating advice was because he didn't know her from a hole in the wall till she went to him, and he never even asked to meet the boy or to see them together or asked her any pertinent questions about her relationship. He spent two minutes with her. Did you say? So, did you did you say anything to that rub? No, because I didn't know about it till later, and I'm not close with that rub. It was someone that her friends had told her, "Oh, if you have a question, Shiloh, about dating, don't you think? But don't you think it's you know, he's told it to a lot of other people besides your daughter, a lot of whom probably listen. But wouldn't it be good to set him straight? Uh, so I don't know if it's my place. Um, okay. I, I, you know, if it was someone that I was had a, had shaykhs to or had anything to do with, but I definitely don't recommend anyone to go to him. Yeah. So that's for sure. Thank so what you. is your email address? If people want to reach you, where would they reach you? Um, Bella Bear, B-E-L-L-A-B-E-E-R, 180 at com, And I'm very responsive. So Can I just ask you out of curiosity, Bella Beer yes. 180 at com. Are there other Bella Beers that you have to be 180? <laughs> it seems that uh, that Gmail did think there were. So I, instead of being like 42, I decided just to make it 180. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you very much for your time. Okay, well then, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Joining us from Brooklyn is Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohn. Fascinating biography. He was born in Cairo, Egypt. He's part of the Syrian community, a graduate of Harvard, NYU medical school surgeon. Talmud Muvik of Rabbi Vig Damilla taught in many yeshivas, worked half a day, taught the other half a day. What a fascinating bio. Welcome, Rabbi Kohn. It's a pleasure to be with you, Delphine. So you're a, a dating coach. What do you do? 
That's a great question. We live in a world of darkness. I try to put some light on, on, in the tunnel. I lecture. I lecture extensively on Torah anytime. I mentor people in dating. I try to, give, I try to help them navigate the process. And I deal with so many people internationally. Many people. This has been a year of second and third time marriages. I've almost I've concluded five in the last two months. Yeah, that so, I that I made myself. So, yeah. talk about second and third time marriages. Are, are you seeing more divorce now than you did twenty years ago? I just came from shul and I was just venting to my neighbor. That's all I'm seeing the last three days. It's terrible. Right, it's why one is that? after the next. Why is that? I've had two years. I don't, I'll tell you, we live in a world of selfishness. Everyone is focused more on themselves. We're also seeing less preparation going into marriage, which I'd like to see more of, more education, how to be with someone else. I, right now, I'm, I'm giving three uh, courses on Instagram Live. One is called The Five Love Languages, which is amazing. To understand and speak the love language of the partner is critical. I'm also serializing The River, the Kettle, and the Bird, which is was the book, the go-to book when I was in Shaduchim in the 1980s, of Alan Feldman, about how to behave, how to respect the other person. And thirdly, they don't know how to choose. They don't pr- create what's called the top 10 list of what's good for them. So we're, we're falling to the Yenta trap. Is it good enough for what my friends will say? Is she attractive enough? Is he geschickt enough? And then we've got problems. So we're seeing more, more prevalence of divorce. So I've had two if young you had to, recently. yeah, go ahead. Rabbi Cohen, if, ahead. the Gemara says a ger came to him. He said, "Teach me kolat Torah, kula regalachas." I'm not going to ask you kolat Torah. Give us the three most common dating questions you get, and what your response is. Because that way, maybe we could, you know, if those are the low hanging fruit. These are the ones you see a lot of. Let's make our time worthwhile. What would they be? Number one, what should I look for in a prospective candidate? That's very important to people. Number two. He has, he or she has certain deficit. Is it acceptable or not? Three, it might be something like, can I, is it okay for me to date someone older than me? That's common that I hear as well. Okay, so let's go through them one by one. What should I look for? How do you respond? Very simple. In order to be able to help someone, to get someone else, you need to understand yourself. So have a deep think with yourself or speak to someone and try to pull out who you are, what you're all about, what makes you tick, and what will make you happy with someone else. What are you looking for that would be a compliment to you? It's got to be someone that's emotionally com- compatible to you, religiously compatible to you. That's very important. And then create a top 10 list of the qualities that you need. We're not talking about superficial qualities like money and height and where he lives, like compassionate, kind, uh, doesn't have anger issues, is flexible, uh, is not miserly, is generous, is growing spiritually. And then when you go out on a date, then you have an idea, this is my GPS, right? So that's... What what are your values and what values does does he or she have and are your values in common? Exactly. I'll give you an example. I recently set up a man who's why you write with a woman. He, He was an almond. Right? He was a widower. And I set him up with a woman who, who lives in Florida, whose son is the rabbi of an Aguda. But they had common value. Even though he and I, you know, would kibitz a little bit or have our skirmishes in terms of, uh, you know, outlook in life. But they're engaged, about to be married, because they have shared common values. Hashkafa comes to word in Shkafaim, which is glasses. Are we looking in the, out in the world in the same direction? Okay. So you want to have... Common direction. You know, are we, you know what they say? Love is not you and I staring at each other. Love is you and I looking out in the same direction. And that's key. 
Now let's go to your second question, deficits. What's acceptable and what's not? You know, that's, it's a very interesting question. What's, what's not acceptable? Uh, here we go. Lack of respect. If the person embarrasses and shames you, that's a problem. You know, I have a, a formula called PAIR to determine if you're with the right person. So let's maybe go through it. P is physical attraction. And that doesn't necessarily have to happen with stars and, 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 you know, comets going off. But physical attraction between, if you feel like you're both physically attracted to each other, excellent. Admiration. So does the person admire you or do they put you down? Do they abuse you verbally, as you see in the dating process? I is intimacy, emotional intimacy. Do you connect? Many of the people that are not making it or are not succeeding in dating don't know how to open a window to their soul of it and allow the person in. So if the person, if you're not feeling like you know them, there are people who can know, who can succeed at dating in four days because they know how to dig deep. And there are those who don't succeed because they don't know how to ask good, solid questions that probe into the person's personality. And and words, when, you say, when you say intimacy, I guess, is a lot of dating about having vulnerability? Yes, excellent. I'm so happy you raised that point. It's incredibly important to expose your vulnerability. So let the other person in, because then you can really build a great kesher, a great connection. Excellent point. That's a great word you use. Absolutely. Okay. And when I say vulnerability, the things that are meaningful to you, things that are important, the things that you're passionate about, the things that are meaningful to you, things that make you tick. Right. Right. Okay. That's what is your core belief. Exactly. And what's our? Respect. There's no place in a relationship where there's a lack of Derek Harris or respect. That's important. I recently had a case where there was an engagement, and then after the engagement, the guy got comfortable, and he just was very disrespectful at the dining room table at the caller's, future caller's house, and uh, he didn't even allow the future caller to talk to her mother on the table. So that was a broken engagement right there. Do you think broken engagements are good or bad? They're good. Explain. Why? Because I'd rather, have, I'd rather suffer the consequences now than go into a marriage and then end up in a failure, and then I'm much worth much less on the market. Everything is, is for the best. I would rather you would have avoided it, that you would have chosen better, you would have been more educated about the process, but it's better to terminate now than to go into a situation later. You're, worth a, you're still worth a lot more on the market as a single person with a broken engagement versus married with one child. I have a case right now where I could not, they married three years, they sat in front of me, with, they have two kids, I could not convince her to give the guy a second chance. This is fresh off the press. I want out, I want out, I want out. He's on his cell phone 10 minutes before I'd lock us narrows with, with the kids not even, even having a half a meat of getting into the shower. And he'd been doing this regularly, totally ignoring her. So yeah, so now I said to her, are you sure you want to do this? Do you realize now you're going to be a divorced woman with two kids? Let me work with him. I'll teach him how to be a man. She wouldn't even open up to the subject. Just lead me to the basement. Talking about a 26-year-old girl. Is she making the right decision, in your opinion? You know what it is? I would say no from my perspective, David, because I would like, I can save it, but she's so burnt as she describes the futile life that she led. And the numerous times she gave him a chance, and the numerous times he failed her, that she's in the subterranean basement. She can't hear anything at this point. That's the problem. I, I wish she would give me a chance. I could probably save it. I could teach this guy, and he said to her in front of her, I'll commit to coming to classes with Rabbi Dr. Cohen twice a week. She couldn't. She was just not receptive. Burned so much, so often. Do you, do you think people post-divorce, like, are, are divorced men and women happy? 
No. What, what's the divorce life like for a single man or woman, you know, in, in Orthodox? It's miserable and lonely because we were not created to be long, uh, to live alone. We, we, human beings are creatures that need socializing. But they let me let me play let me, let me t play the other yeah. part of this. This is like you know what your friends may or may What's not here? tell you. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get divorced. There are so many divorced singles out there that are dying to go out, and I just know that I'm gonna have such a better time the second time around, and life is gonna be fun while I'm divorced, and it's gonna be like being in yeshiva dating, but being much smarter and not having yeshiva, and just it's gonna be all party all the time. So I'm so excited to just move on and get divorced. So I'm going to tell you, a, I'll cite you an illustration. Two days ago, I have a woman who's an auditor, some girl who came out of a miserable marriage. I don't blame her. And she said, and she's good looking, attractive, presents well, put together. And now she's in, in the game for two years. And she says she's shocked. She thought the world would be waiting for her. Open arms. Not, it's been such a sad situation for her. Because, you know, you're dealing with other people with all types of other stuff too. They also have a lot of baggage on the table. And what was sent, seemed like to be Nirvana when she was, you know, receiving the debt is not such, uh, you know, great pickles anymore. Yeah. It's a lot of it is hype. A lot of it is hype. I see them and they come in here regularly, regularly. It's not such a fun existence. That doesn't mean that they were not, they should have stayed in the other night. Some marriages need to be terminated. Probably the old joke, why Gittin was written before Kedushin, so Hashem Kedushin was before, before the Maka. So some, some marriages need to be terminated. They have to be. But all in all, it's not fun and pleasant. If you stuck them in the corner and you told them, tell me the MS, the truth, they would tell you it's not so simple. It's hard. You've got to constantly look for invitations for Shabbosim. you got to you, you, you eat alone. You dine alone. You have to, uh, it's not so simple. I see and I listen to a lot of their stories. So what percentage of divorces shouldn't happen? If they knew this, in a, what percentage of the people you know who got divorced said, you know, if I would have known, I would have given it another chance? Or would not or would have? Given it another chance. If I knew two years ago what single, what the divorce life is like, maybe I would have given it with my ex. I would have tried harder. What percentage really think so? I like to say a high percentage, but the problem that we have is when they exit these relationships, they have a tremendous hate for the ex. So it's easy. I could tell you, yeah, 50% could probably have given it another chance, but I don't know if they're willing to be back in the same room with that person again because there's a lot of hate, a lot that comes out of the kind. It, it gets horribly ugly. Just today I was dealing with a case with, uh, you know, a former Rebbe of mine, a grandson of his, and um, forensic experts are involved. The hate becomes incredible. The courts really, I could say 50% maybe, but I don't know if it would happen because uh, they, they, the, the sin of the, is a consequence of these, of these divorce proceedings is, is horrible. But that itself, it's like they shouldn't have gone to the proceeding. Maybe they should have tried to work it out. Right. So the thing is true. I often hear, you're absolutely right, I often hear that the efforts that were made to work it out were feeble because from what I see in terms of my empirical evidence on the ground, there's usually one of the spouses that, you know, kicks and puts his foot in, you know, you know and stomps and, and resists and doesn't give it a full shot. But if they did, and they were in qualified hands with what I would call a Torah, a Torah outlook in terms of therapy, yeah, there'd be a strong possibility. Because let's think about it. The Torah wants us to be ishtoki gufo, one, is, one together as a team. If we can, can encourage them to be together and to think alike and be alike, 
it would be fantastic. I had a case. It's very interesting. From Boca, a couple of like a, a month ago, month and a half ago, she was she was a, a, a homemaker for many many years, right? And he was a professional, but he was more like conservative. She wanted now. She started taking empowerment classes and feeling better and wanting to get into a bigger house. And he was resisting because he's uh, by the books type of a guy. And then she then was able to. I, I got involved and I sat down and give her. And she as she said, I'm almost forty. I need that last child. And he was resisting because of the financial pressures. And I said to him. Give her, give her another chance. You'll see. She has like a more of a Ramona-based mentality. And he was dragging his feet all the way. And then what happened was... Dragging his going feet about what? About, about what? He didn't want another child. Oh, and he didn't want to allow her to upgrade. To, he didn't want her to upgrade to a bigger home because the home that they bought 20 years ago was now out, outgrowing them. And then what happened was I, he capitulated to me and allowed her to give, give her the shot. She wants that last trial because she's almost 40. And you give her, you know, be open-minded to her thinking that Hashem could provide. The guy was, I don't know, whatever, not fired, but he, they were told him that a few months from now he's going to be terminated. He ended up getting an offer that came with 50000 more a year and a $55,000 bonus. He was open-minded. He allowed the thinking of his spouse to really penetrate. If it's not just, here's the problem. We live in an Itzachon-based world. I got to win. I have to be the winner. So logic is thrown out the door because you have to be the winner. In this case, he put his ego in the closet, was willing to listen to reason, and Baruch Hashem, haven't heard from them in a month and a half. Thank God. Rabbi Kohn, if people want to reach out to you, how do they reach you? They phone me or WhatsApp me at 305-206-1916, or they can email me, drjackcohen18 at gmail.com. And how much do you charge? $180 $180 for my initial consultation, $150 for my follow-ups. And I do tell everyone, much of what I get, I plow right back into my shi'urim because they're all free of charge. And let's say, let's say it's a yeshiva bach who doesn't have the money. I always tell them for financial hardship, I try to make as much of an allowance as I can. Okay. I've done many pro bonos. Dr. Kohn, Rabbi Kohn, what can I say? The Rabbi Nishalom Yeshivim is Avig Zivugim, so you have a good partner. Yeah. Baruch Hashem, it's been a good year. It's been a wonderful year. Thank you, Kultov. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was on Parshat Vayera, why do we find Tz'aka by Vashar Rabbeinu and many other Pesukim in the Torah. We find by the Paiskin, the Mangan Avran, the Primim and down to the Mishnah that a person doesn't, should not be, raise their voice in Tefillah, as the Primim Gadim puts it, that the Kodesh Baruch can hear just fine. And so it's maybe even a zilzal to be um, to be tzayich, to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, as if Kodesh Baruch Hu can't hear without a raised without a raised voice. And there's a couple of answers, I think, that are possible for this. One is that the tzaka, in general, labdafka is a tzaka chitzayinus, particularly. Um, it could be something which is pnimi and sagar bolibayt. Um, alternatively, or in alignment with that as well, is it could be that, or, you know, slightly differently than that, is that the tzaka that is in the Torah is when something comes ad boya nafish that person can't hold their themselves back. They're in they've been pushed all the way to the limit and it it just comes out of them. And the when Lalacha, the read not raising a person's voice is that person shouldn't raise their voice, um, lift their voice up in order to be heard. Whereas if it's squeezing out of a person because they can't hold themselves back, that's a totally different, totally different story. As Rav Pinkas puts it, the tzaka is when the lev is soyer meyotz mas nora ois habakasha ad she'enu yochal oitzim milim mipiv. 
Raktsoi and he's just it just comes out of a person and it's one of the highest levels of tefillah. There's another interesting terrace when it comes to the Tsa'ako of Moshe Rabbeinu that would be alignment with the um with the with the Paiskim is that he was Tsaik only because the noise of the Tsvardim was so loud that for him to even hear himself, it was Kilu was a whisper. But in order for Moshe Rabbeinu to even hear his own his own words, he had to be Tsaik. Um, but it always bothered me. Why is it that Rabbi Shabbat was kilu tzayik? Was he tzayik al Kodesh Baruch Hu al Tzvardim? And the Beremayim Chaim says a beautiful word that um, it was Elshem. It was kol kulo ba'avor shem shemayim that Kodesh Baruch Hu should be misalik the Tzvardim bizmano that it should be a Kodesh Hashem. He was tzayik kilu for the cover of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and that's why he was tzayik miliboi. How much he was mishtaikig for that Kodesh Hashem to to take place. And then it would be at Saka, Shalom Aleichem, Reb David, it's Yosef Zalevsky calling. Just wanted to give the answer to the riddle of the week uh, with regards to the Sira uh, where Moshe Rabbeinu cried out and uh, the halacha that's brought down that you're not supposed to cry out or scream in an elevated voice from Davin. Sifte Chachamim answers that the reason Moshe Rabbeinu had to cry out it was because this was by Makkah Tzardea. And wherever Moshe was standing, there he was inundated with frogs. Frogs were all over the place. They were croaking and riveting all over. So it, it was, it was, there was so much frogs that you couldn't hear yourself talk. So the halacha is that although you're not supposed to scream when davening, you do have to and say the words loud enough that you can at least hear yourself. So it turns out that answer by Moshe Rabbeinu that the, the frogs were so loud that he had no choice. He had to scream, but otherwise he could not hear himself. And we can say the same uh, answer could apply to the other examples he gave uh, by uh, where it talks about the sheep of Israel, where it says uh, that by uh, Ishmael in the could be the same thing that uh, the, the Shibud was so great in Mitzrayim that uh, the Jews were literally crying out and screaming in, in distress, and therefore uh, maybe uh, needs to scream out in order to be heard. Uh, perhaps the same thing can be also said by Yim Shamoya Shmata Koso by Stone. Where, uh, or, or by Karen Yosem, where they, um, so much uh, emotional stress, maybe the people in the house have just passed away, they're crying, they're screaming, and so they uh, the, the loud cries that need to be heard. I think that's the answer to explain the era between Allah and the Yitzhomish. I have a question this week um, about the Akka. The Aka is a good thing or not, the Sira. Um, so, so the appearance would be like this, that um, that um, normally by regular davening, the Navajo would be a lot of that you're not allowed to be, you shouldn't be psychic because of the, the um, because um, a lot of your mind that the Abishta hears even when you say it's Balachash. However, um, the uh, terrorists would be that by an East Tzara, um, it has a different cloud. By an East Tzara, we say that you could be Tzayek. 
and uh, Taris would be like the son of Shimshim Pinkus and the Sefer Sharm um is Mazder that the Indian of Ta'aka is like, he says a mushal that let's say you're walking in the road and somebody and a ganav comes to jump at you and you see somebody close by that could save you, you naturally you scream even if he could hear you by talk, talking normally, but you scream to him. So, um, so normally, Avada, if you're, you're davening normally, so then you, um, Avada, you shouldn't scream because that shows a and amuna. Ashenkin here, where the, that's what the, that he's myrich that that's what the Indian of Ta'aka is. Um, that that so gzila. So there, Avada, it doesn't show a and amuna because it's just me take the tsar that you're screaming like a sudden thing, or not even sudden, or a sara, so that um, is not a sarnamuna. So what exactly is the... What, so normally, most cases of ta'aka, that the terrorist says is talking about a sara, the reason why by the tzvardim, it needed a ta'aka, so the Ebenezer says, is because um, Maishar didn't want to be nisbayish, that pari, because he said by himself to pari, so he had a... He had a Get a bizunder um, reason why his tefillah he would have had a chalashem if he wouldn't have been answered. So that's why it, it was called. A, I guess there would be called an eitzar. Um, also, the mabit um, says something like along these lines that when it's um, so and you're not able to daven menachas, then it is not a problem. Another tarot for this parsha itself by um, the Tzvardim would be that the Chachaman says that why did he have to be Tzayik? So the Chachaman says because um, because the Tzvardim were so loud, he needed to be the tfila, he needed the Tzvila to be Nishmal Oznos. Maybe you could say here there's no more taina of the issue of being Mashmir Koyloi. Because here there was a Siba for it, so it's not a kasha on him. Because here it had to be Nishma Maiznov, and there was too much noise from the Tzvardim to hear it, so that would be an Eitzah uh, just, just for this kasha. Okay, I don't know. Shalom, this is Abu Wolf calling about the riddle of the week. I believe that pretty much all of those times when it talks about Tzaka, it's coming out of pain. We know the Biskirov says, but by Eoyf, then it's Tutve Shreitman. And it's just a natural reaction. It's a reflex of the human um, psyche that a person a person screams when it hurts him. You find also by Yonchubnei Yisrael and Ha'avoyda. That's it says, by Yishma Hashem El Shavotan, by Yonchub, means they were cracking, they were groaning. The eventual doesn't need groans. By Yaina, we find by Yispal Yaina. Because Yaina was in a bad situation. I don't know, I mean, other than the suffocating air, I don't know that he was in undue pain. So when it comes to pain, it's, it's you know, it's very shreitman. So this is the Arizal Davins, and we're told the Davins, the Kol Namuch, because they're able to hear, is in a Hanami. To Akis, because you think that the Rebbe is the long-distance phone call and you got a shreit, that's taka very wrong. To Akis, because when it's very shreitman, that's, that's, that's something that's no different than if you scream... Not Hashem. I mean, a person <laughs> hurts himself. He screams. He's not in such a balmadrega. He screams just stamte, you know, stamte to the roof. So the opposite Hashem is 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 just a way of expressing pain. Not to tell the how much pain you're in. He knows. It's just an expression of pain.
Similarly, if a person sings howl out loud, why the conventional hears it quietly, but singing howl out loud is because howl is lush enough, howl is lush enough, of great uh, simcha, great simcha calls for singing, calls for, you know, uh, use, 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 using your voice. Um, rather, if we're just dealing with the Alvar Tardim, so that, already the Medrash addressed this is Alvar Tardim, because the Tardim makes so much noise, Meshmerna had to talk louder than them. He had to be Tzayik on top of the Tzardim. Possibly from a halachic point, because Tzarek Lashmiya is Kailoi, and this big Shaila, very contemporary Shaila with the loud air dryers and things like that. But a person, if you can't, if you're talking loud enough to be able to hear yourself because of an external noise, you can't. But um, does that have a thing of Mashmiya, of uh, Lashmiya is Kailoi? So it could be that my Shabbat was being psychic, I'll leave her outside them for this halachic reason in order that he should be able to hear himself talking. Or it could just be that uh, he was in a noise. Maybe he wants the power to realize he was happening, whatever it was. It says clearly that the reason why he was psychic was only because of the noise. I just wanted to throw one thing into the conversation um, that you have with the Rick Bethra, it came up. I don't know that it's the Mahmoudi that fights you. But uh, there is a Ramban al by the midst of Kibbut Avayim in Parshat Yisrael, where the Ramban says that a person has the same that and the same way a person is not allowed to have any other alaya, not allowed to say la'etzuavan alaya so too he's not allowed to call anybody else his father. And this could be an issue. I want to from another question that this. Likely an issue if the Shabbat is all for when a person is in the presence of his father in Shver and he addresses his Shver with the title of father, of Abba or Tati or something like that, it might be an issue. Um, in the olden times, Shver was exclusively referred to as Shver or Shverleben, but he did not call him the same thing as one would call a father. Could be there's a hetter if the father's not around because the love of Layyelachalahimacherim is Dafgal Ponai. It could be the same thing with the father. It's only al pnei da'af. Of course, the Ebesh is not such thing as Shalai B'fanaf by a father. At least that would be a shtickle aid so that if his father's not around, he's in his shirt he'd be able to call him tati. Um, so I guess the child would be, in the case of adoptive parents and biological parents, depending on the Chiv Kibadav is two, um, or who is two more, who would this law have applied to, if any of them? Is, could, could it be that there's a problem for an adoptive child to call his parents Abba and Ima, or Bakar, to call his biological parents there. Again, I don't know if this Ramban is halacha If it is, it might have severe ramifications.